This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, Season 3, Episode 13. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. Brought to you by Excess Sites. Today is Wednesday. No, normally it would be Wednesday. And had we followed actually the script, it would have still said Wednesday. But we're bringing this podcast to you about a day late. So today is Thursday, August 26th, 2021, as of the recording of this show. I am your host, Riley Bowman, and I'm joined today by Matthew Marister. Hello, sir. We are here to talk about the physical secret to becoming both fast and accurate. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a clickbaity title, but uh, but it's also there's a lot of truth there as well. So stay tuned. I think it's going to be a, a good episode for you all listening uh, wherever you are. But first, today's episode is brought to you by. Laser App Software. LaserApp.com is the website where you can find the software I've been using for five or six years now in dry fire practice, particularly to gather metrics and data in my dry fire practice. Some of you are familiar with these these uh, various apps and things on phones and uh, laser cartridge dry fire programs and things, and those are all the newcomers. I use the original. Uh, as far as I know, nothing else really existed like the Laser App software uh, prior to a couple of years ago. These guys have been developing it the longest, and it has honestly the most features. Like for instance, with the more advanced setup of Laser software, and it doesn't by advanced, it's not that hard. You do have a little extra cost. It's like ten bucks or twenty bucks or something, but you can set up multiple cameras in different locations like even in different rooms and actually dry fire your way from one room to another room to another room how many of you knew that that's how powerful the laser app software is i i've used that right within the laser x version of the software which is i think the finest version they've released because it works with any device it's not device specific you just need an internet browser and a connection and Bam, you're up running LaserX. Anyway, guys, check out laserapp.com, L-A-S-R-A-P-P.com for the best laser dry fire software program in existence. Reasonable price, I think, for the value that it brings you. You can certainly try it for a month or two. You can you can you know pay for it monthly if you choose to. I think it's worth the cost just by the lifetime license. And use it with a cert pistol or a laser training cartridge or whatever. Whatever suits your your purpose is there. Speaking of CERT, Next Level Training is our other sponsor of today's episode, nextleveltraining.com. They are known for being the manufacturers of the CERT pistols, the training pistols that also happen to emit a laser. Right, you hear that click? Those of you watching, you can see the this is the green laser model. This is the P320 green laser. Uh, works great with the laser software. Uh, Again, I was just mentioning a minute ago about how you can dry fire your way from one room to another room using the laser software, and it'll keep track of all your hits and your times and everything. A good tool to use for that, since you'd be probably firing multiple shots, would be a cert pistol. So pick up a cert pistol today. 
last I checked, they were back in stock after being out of stock and on back order for like over a year since the whole COVID crisis began. So that's really exciting news. Uh, the lead, lead times on getting surpluses now sub- significantly reduced. So we appreciate our sponsors of this episode today. Again, laserapp.com and nextleveltraining.com. Now, coincidentally, they are sponsors of the Shooter Ready Challenge. And that is actually the inspiration for today's episode. Uh, ShooterReadyChallenge.com is the place to go each month. Typically around the midpoint of the month, we release a dry fire practice video to give you guys ideas and tips and strategies to up your game in terms of your dry fire practice. Each month, I give you typically like a drill or some kind of specific exercise that you can do to help better your dry fire practice. Uh, I've gotten a lot of great feedback about Shooter Ready Challenge. Uh, I encourage you to check it out, follow along each month, and use it again for some inspiration each month as we release new videos for your dry fire. Go to ShooterReadyChallenge.com. The most recent video is about, and it's titled something like, uh, you know, press, let's see, accelerating the trigger press or something to that effect. Um, or, yeah. And I, I didn't actually look at what the final title ended up being. I didn't like... It accelerated tri- trigger press. Okay, accelerated trigger press. I filmed the video, you know, <laughs> and I talk about what, what that means. And I'll be honest, we, we were kind of up in the air as to what we would call this particular um, shooter-ready challenge. Uh, because it's like, well, how do we put that into a, like three or four word title and have it kind of describe what it means? So what I'll do is I'll just describe to you very simply, and then Matthew, I'd like to hand it off to you for for your take. I, I, you watched the video, and so um, kind of want to get your thoughts and, and lead us into discussion. But uh, accelerated trigger press. This video, really, what it's all about is a dry fire technique. I mean, you could call it a drill, but uh, it, it this is an exercise that you can do to learn how to press the trigger at any speed without moving the gun. And that is so, so critical. And really what it eventually enables you to do is to get better and faster at being able to press the trigger more and more aggressively in an accelerated manner and not move the gun. When I say not move the gun, I mean you have your sights and you're aligned on target. Everything looks good. Right. What you don't want to have happen is pressing the trigger and have something in the movement of actuating the trigger. A lot of times it's in your grip. You know, you get a sympath whether it's a sympathetic squeeze in your firing hand as you're pressing the trigger. Your support hands maybe not strong enough to hold things steady. You know that kind of stuff. That this will allow you to. Press the trigger in a way and not move the gun, not disturb the sights, not move sights off target. That is what this is about. And this is honestly a very, very important skill to learn to do. If you, Until you learn how to press the trigger and not move the gun, almost nothing else matters. Aiming doesn't matter because you can be aimed, but you don't know what's going to happen when you press the trigger because you always jerk or move or whatever the gun off target. There's a famous video from Rob Latham. I say famous because it's, I think it's had a couple million views. Uh, not published on, you know, he doesn't, well, I guess he does have his own channel, but he doesn't put a ton of stuff on it. 
was on somebody, I think Funker Tactical. They published it. They shot this quick, quick little three minute or four minute clip with him. And the title of it is Aiming is Useless. And that really was the point of the video is that until you learn how to press the trigger without moving the gun, nothing else matters. Agree, Matthew? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and it's, I don't want to say it's counterintuitive, but like we typically throw all these fundamentals into shooting and it, and we start to like associate all these like important factors that you have to do this. You have to grip the right way. You have to see the sights the right way. You have to pull the trigger. You can't slap it. You have to understand where it breaks and you have to have a specific amount of trigger finger and you have to be standing a certain way, like all these different things. Right. And to a certain degree, they all play a role, but we, some, I think we sometimes focus on the wrong things where if we focused on being able to grip the gun well, squeeze the trigger without moving the sights and, you know, obviously be able to aim the the firearm. If we do those things, all the other stuff is kind of like ancillary that will make you shoot a little, you know, make it maybe be a little easier to do certain things, but those are the fund actual fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like this, this, um, because it's a, the shooter rate challenge. If you guys have been doing it for a while or following along, this is a little different. Uh, at least when I saw it, it it's a little, cause it's very, we've done other, like, I, I don't know if you want to call it a micro drill or whatever, where you break down like a specific element of, um, uh, of, you know, uh, shooting the, the, the firearm, but, um, this doesn't really have, I mean, it has accuracy elements, but it's really more about just working your trigger finger. That's, it's just, it, I, I, I liked it. It was a little bit of a different direction. And I think um, if this is the first time doing the shooter rate challenge that you'll, you'll enjoy this, this, uh, this month a lot. Well, I hope so. Uh, I'll tell you, this is a, this is a challenging drill or exercise mm-hmm. thing to do. Uh, really what we're talking about here. So, so let me describe it. All right. And, of course, you can go watch the video, and I want you to watch the video, and you can see me actually demonstrate this. But what I want you to do is, and you could do this with your normal carry pistol or, you know, whatever. If you have a dry fire gun, if you have, you know, a cert pistol, for instance, like, you can you can also do this. And, and you'll still get benefit out of it, absolutely, even with a cert pistol. <clears throat> Using your actual trigger of your real gun, I think there's some benefits to be realized there as well. Um, but I'll say this much when you get to a point where you are pressing the trigger at a high rate of speed, it, it kind of almost doesn't matter what kind of trigger you have, because really what you end up with is a trigger press that probably exceeds the weight necessary, you know, the, the amount of pressure necessary to actually actuate that trigger. Cause the whole point purpose of this drill is to not press a trigger carefully. It's, you're not pressing it slowly. You're not pressing it. You're, you're not trying to achieve that, you know, kind of that surprise break of the trigger. Uh, you know, like, let it surprise you, kind of, you know, like the old old uh, doctrine, if you will, um, which has its place. But the, the whole point of this is to get to a place where you're, you're pushing your limits as to how fast you can press the trigger. And that almost always necessitates using more force than is necessary. 
what that re- results in for most people, most shooters, is extra force going into the gun and the gun moves and shakes or shimmies or whatever and takes you off target. Okay. So here's the thing. You know who opened my eyes to this first was Rob Latham. And I, I referenced him in his uh, famous Aiming is Useless video. But uh, we had him on, and it may have been on a Guardian Nation Live. I think we might have even had him on the podcast and he talked about something similar. I don't recall exactly the, the, the source, but I remember him talking about dry fire. And really for him, he, he's not like your biggest, he's, he's not a Ben Stager, for instance, where like his whole training program was built around dry fire. No, for Rob Latham, his whole training program started, you know, in the early days, just shooting a lot. And he came up in a time when ammo was certainly plentiful and way cheaper than it is now by far. And also he reloaded together with his best buddy, Brian Enos at the time. I remember him talking about how, how they would, you know, they, they would go to the range almost on a near daily basis, spend the night, you know, that the, after, after the range trip, they're back at the reloading presses, cranking out rounds so they'd have rounds to shoot the next day. I mean, that was a training regimen that was built around high volume and experimentation and learning. But I do remember the one thing Rob talked about was learning how to press the trigger without moving the gun. And that can be done, and it's probably one of the more valuable things that can be done in dry fire practice. And so the way I walk you through this in the Shooter Ready Challenge video is... Go ahead and start at a more leisurely pace, you know, with a more careful trigger press, if you want to refer to it as that. But I want you to start pressing it a little faster, a little faster, a little faster, a little faster. And the whole time you're doing this, you need to be like what you really need to be paying attention to is your sights. Or in the case of a red dot pistol, the dot. Okay. It doesn't really matter. You're either you're paying attention to. Uh, to the relationship of your your front and rear sight in the case of an iron sighted gun, or you're looking at that dot on your in your red red dot optic and looking for other than a little bit of tremor because you know nobody can hold their gun perfectly still, right? Every time I aim my my pistols with the red dot, I see a, a slight tremor in the dot. That's just you know I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking like a sudden movement, you know, like a that I would, the only way I could think to describe it would be like a jerk in that dot where it just suddenly shoots off in some direction at the same time that I press the trigger. And so um, that's what you need to be monitoring. You need to be tuned into your sights, okay, while you're doing this. And so you're pressing the trigger a little faster, a little faster, a little faster, a little faster, and you're monitoring your sights to see when things start to break down, okay? So you just keep going faster and faster as long as your sights or your dot stays pretty well steady, And then once it starts really falling apart and you see a lot of movement in your sights or your dot, then, okay, all right, I've hit my my limit. Now, by the way, that doesn't mean you shouldn't exceed that limit because this is dry fire. So experimentation is completely welcome. Okay. So, you know, continuing and really that's where you want to be. That's where you want to, you want to be riding this fine line between totally, you know, the wheels falling off the bus and being in control. You you really want to be like, at that bleeding edge of performance for you as you're doing this drill. You want to be right where every time you slam to the trigger, the the sights or the dot, you know, are, 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 are suddenly moving on you. Because now your goal is to learn what you need to do 
to enable yourself to press that trigger at that rate of speed. And it's going to be kind of like a slap. Okay. You're essentially slapping through the trigger in dry fire like this. And you're trying to ride that line and you're trying to learn what you need to do primarily, primarily with your grip to keep the gun steady as you excel in an accelerated fashion, press the trigger. That's what you're doing. Yeah, it, it you know, it, it, while you were going through that, I kind of thought of this and I think you say this in the in the video as well, but um, or something like it. But like, I think sometimes we can focus on the trigger pull as like or the trigger press uh, as your it, it all has to do with your trigger finger. But in reality, like I think we probably. And, 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 you know, where the, where the trigger finger falls on the trigger and how far we let it out and how we squeeze the trigger. But I think we probably mess it up more with the nine other fingers mm -hmm. rather than the one finger. I think the nine other fingers that we're not focusing on and thinking my trigger press has to be perfect. And so I'm going to focus on this one finger. The nine other fingers are actually the impacting you know impact um quite more quite a bit more in probably you missing rather than that one trigger finger mm -hmm. i think you yes. say some you probably say it yes. much more articulate um, no i think you articulated it very well actually uh <clears throat> and i think you're exactly right so this becomes a kind of a controversial almost like a debate in the firearm shooting community talking about trigger finger placement and, you know, how, you know, or even just talking about the idea of trigger control and what mm -hmm. that is and what, it, what it is defined as. And so there's, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to step up here too and say that I've said things in the past that I don't necessarily agree with now. I and, guilty and as one, charged. <laughs> yeah. And, and I remember doing actually, uh, uh, remember when we did the Monday, uh, Facebook lives. Mm -hmm. I did one about trigger control. And I think overall, like what I talk about in that video is pretty solid information. The big thing I was talking about was trigger finger placement doesn't matter. What matters more is how you press the trigger. I've expanded that out to saying more now that what matters is that you learn how to not move the gun while you press the trigger. Okay. Like I talked about how it's important to press the trigger straight to the rear and you can change vectors, you know, force vectors in your finger and, and how you're manipulating the trigger. I think there's something to be said for that. Although you can get to a point where that doesn't really, doesn't really matter. Okay. So how I think of trigger control these days is purely in the sense that we're discussing it here today, which is, the trigger control that you want to accomplish as a pistol shooter, as a defensive shooter, or as a competitive shooter, any kind of practical shooting. In other words, what's not practical pistol shooting? Uh, you know, drilling bullseyes at 50 yards with a 38 special, you know, revolver is not super practical. Yeah, you can learn stuff from that to be sure. Okay. Like Brian Eastridge was a very accomplished PPC shooter back 15, 20 years ago and could do and could drill bullseyes at 50 yards with a 38 special 
very, very well. And guess what? He's a very good shooter today, you know, in a, in a more practical sense as well. But that's not what we're talking about here. Okay. So when we start talking about bullseye shooting, okay, we can get into the nuances of, you know, the little minute details of exactly how we are pressing a trigger on a particular gun. But for practical shooting purposes, that includes action competitive shooting. So USPSA, IDPA, that kind of thing, multi-gun, and then also defensive shooting. Here's what you need to be able to do. You need to be able to actuate the trigger at a high rate of speed and not move the gun, not move or change anything to do with your hands, to not add or change inputs by that, how the hands are in contact with the gun and how they are squeezing or putting applying pressure to the gun. And usually what happens is as we try to press the trigger at a high rate of speed, we get a tense, a tensing, a tensioning or a tensing, tensing would be the better word, a tensing up of the rest of the firing hand. And that drives the gun down and left commonly for you right-handers or down and right for you lefters, lefties. And so guess what? You can learn to overcome that. And that's all about this trigger finger isolation. And we put so much focus into the trigger finger and what it's doing. It actually takes us away where, from where our focus should be. And where our focus should be is actually on the rest of the hand. That's where the isolation occurs. It's not this. It's everything else. Mm-hmm. And so this drill will really kind of wake you up to, or put, you know, make you more aware of that. Because you're forcing yourself to press the trigger at an uncomfortable rate of speed to be able to maintain total stillness in the rest of the grip. And that's, I mean, really, that is like, that is the core concept of what we're discussing here. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not... I'm not a farmer and maybe some people that are farmers could understand, but like, I, you know, you, you hear the adage of like milking, milking the trigger, right? Like, and it it is sort of like that. Like you, all your fingers are kind of coming together on that grip, kind of like, you know, how you normally would grip something. I don't know if that's how you grip an udder or not. Like, I'm just going (laughs) to assume it is, but let's say it is right. Like, um, but they're all kind of like, you know, doing this. And I think the good thing about, doing, um, doing the drill, the way, you know, pushing the speed is that you start to realize that a bit more like you, by, by pushing it past like your comfort level or where you're used to, you start to realize, wow, like my hands are really all like, or my fingers are really all contracting as I squeeze the trigger. And so I think that's a big, like aha moment instead of somebody saying, well, you know, don't squeeze the other four fingers, you know, or your thumb and other three fingers uh, as you as you manipulate the trigger. But when you see it, when you feel yourself doing it, then and you see the movement in the gun, then it's like, okay, now I know what you're talking about, and that's what I have to guard against or focus kind of on on working out. So, mm-hmm. yes, uh-huh. yeah, uh, and I would say it is important that you see it. And the and the challenge is if you don't work on this in dry fire, then uh, it'll be hard for you. It'll be harder for you to see this sort of thing in live fire. Now, 
my visual acuity now is to a point where I'm visually aware enough. I, I can recognize in the sights, in the like thousands of a second right before the gun goes off when I when my sights deviate due to uh, a, a gripping issue as I'm pressing the trigger. Uh, but most shooters are, are not quite to that level either. Now, today's episode, was, we're specifically talking about the physical secret to becoming both fast and accurate. Uh, there's a there's a vision component to to not necessarily this thing, but I mean the, the concept of becoming both fast and accurate. You 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 can only shoot as fast as you can see. Uh, and so you know, I just kind of leave it at that. Uh, and we could hold we could totally do a episode called the visual secret or something to becoming both fast and accurate. But um, but we're talking about the physical thing. And, and really, this is the thing that as an instructor, as I've become, I think, a little bit wiser in how I teach and instruct, uh, th- this is the thing that you have to figure out or you're going to continually struggle in your shooting for a long time. It'll hold you back. And there's shooters that don't realize what they're doing because they haven't discovered it themselves or it hasn't been pointed out to them by an instructor that's knowledgeable and experienced enough to be able to see and recognize and point those, those sorts of things out. And, and, and to be clear, like it, it's not always as simple as, well, I'm getting a bunch of low left impacts on my target. Uh, and so it must be this. And, and, you know, therefore I need to do that. It's not always that simple. Uh, just frankly, the, I, I notice when I'm practicing this accelerated trigger press drill, uh, I get all kinds of oscillations in my sights when I'm really pushing the speed. And and if I was calling my shots, meaning I'm paying attention to where my sights are at the moment the trigger breaks, some of those would go high high right, high left, straight down, to the right, to the left. A good proportion of them would go low and perhaps low left. But you'll end up with kind of what looks like a buckshot shotgun pattern on your target and you might it's not as simple as being able to look at your target and go i'm getting this low left grouping that's consistency I, you know so here's the here's the issue and here's how i fix it it's not always that simple so so it really just just know that until you learn how to press the trigger without inducing movement in the gun primarily from those remaining nine fingers in contact with it uh, you're going to struggle you just you just will it's just a fact and a, a reality of life now i'll tell you something a little interesting kind of sidebar story that um that kind of illustrates i think some concepts of what we're talking about here today and further open my eyes to some things but recently i like a couple months ago, two months, two, three months ago, I went through a class with Charlie Perez and he's been on the podcast before. And on the first day of that class, we were doing some uh, group shooting because he wanted to confirm and we, and, you know, it's important for us too to, to confirm that our guns are sighted in for the loads we're shooting. Because again, if your gun's not sighted in, you know, it's kind of pointless to do certain things because you miss a target and you go, well, was that me or was that the gun? You need to have confidence in being able to declare, nope, that was not the gun. Therefore, it was me. And so, therefore, I I either know what I need to do to work on or I know that there's something I need to work on. I don't know what it is yet, 
but I know now the mission is to figure out what that is. Okay. So you have to eliminate the gun as a, as a factor, right? Anyway, we're doing group shooting and, uh, uh, we started out at, I think 10 yards and then we took it back. Well, some, some of the fellow students in the class, I don't, I think they were kind of struggling even getting pretty decent groups at 10 yards. And that's okay. Like there was a wide variety of skills in that class. Um, I, you know, I ended up taking it further back. And uh, at one point, not that I'm the great, world's greatest group shooter. In fact, I, I didn't even shoot my best groups at that time in that class. But I remember Charlie coming to me and he's like, try pressing the, like, try just slapping the trigger. I don't know if that's the words he used, but what, what he basically was saying is like, just, just press the trigger, you know, instead of like trying to ease your way through it, get this, you know, nice, perfect break on the trigger as you're doing that final sight confirmation on the target and everything. And, and I was like, Oh, okay. And so like the next group I shot, I think we're doing five shot groups. Next group I shot was as good or better than the other groups I'd shot. But I was like doing this with the trigger slapping my way through it, but I'm shooting for accuracy. And now this is not a concept that was entirely new to me. I've, I've come across that before. I've had conversations with shooters about that. I've seen other guys talk about it and I've even done some experimentation a little bit um, with that. But I do think that since I probably, since the last time I probably tried shooting a group quickly, you know, with a, with a fast trigger motion like that, it was probably a while ago. And I think I've probably improved since then. Anyway, the point was, is that it, it really didn't matter how quickly I shot or pressed the trigger. I ended up with a very similar result on the target. And so some of the inaccuracy problems that occurred uh, when I was press, trying to press the trigger carefully, more carefully, was just me, was, was all me. Just probably getting a little bit overly tense or um, what, what's the other word I'm looking for? just getting a little too anxious, you know, like, Oh, I'm trying to shoot this tight, tight, tight group, you know, and so focusing so hard in on the sights and the target and, Oh, press the trigger. Nice. And, you know, I could just, just honestly overthinking the process. And, and I think in the course of that, you induce movement into the gun because you're, you're just anxious. And so just relaxing and just, Hey, is the site there? It is. Okay. Bang worked equally well for me. Now that's not necessarily gonna be true for every shooter probably. And I think also will depend a little bit on where your current skill level is at. Um, but I have recognized in myself that I've gotten a lot better at being able to press the trigger quickly without inducing a lot of movement into the gun. Yeah. And you were talking about like different skill levels. And I think that that's why, maybe that's why I think this, this drill is so important to do in a dry fire manner, because um, it's hard to isolate a grip trigger finger combination issue. If you're also anticipating like crazy, right? So mm -hmm. if we can eliminate the anticipation by doing it through dry fire, because chances are, you're not going to be, overly anticipating, you know, through dry fire practice. So we can kind of eliminate that, like, um, uh, you know, element of the, the process and say, okay, I can just focus on, 
What is my, what are my fingers grip doing as I squeeze the trigger? And I'm not concerned about, okay, was that anticipation? Did I, did I anticipate that? Did I, you know, um, and so I think that that's a really good place for a lot of people to, you know, depend, regardless of your ability level is to start doing this dry fire. So you can really just, you know, pare it down to just the, the, the trigger manipulation with the other nine finger. I, I keep calling thumbs fingers. Someone's going to call me out and say thumbs aren't fingers. I don't know, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here And here's the, the, the thing, like kind of to your point, you, like to, to touch on a little bit on what you were hitting on there. You know, there's some instructors and some shooters that will get really analytical. For instance, like if you use the diagnostic chart target thing, you know, that honestly go look up Tim Heron and recent video he did on that. Some myth busting he did on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a, it's a joke of a target to use in most circumstances and with most shooters. Cause first of all, it was designed for basically bullseye shooting with one hand. Okay. So as soon as you introduce a second hand onto the pistol, that chart is meaning it becomes meaningless. So if you're using those diagnostic pistol target things, um, throw them away. Okay. Unless you're trying to learn how to drill bullseyes at 50 yards. Okay. Cause then it might have some, it, it certainly will have more meaning than, than with what most people do with handguns in their hands these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, the, the point is, is like that chart has all these different corrections, right? Well, you're, you're having a tendency to group here. So, you know, you're thumbing the pistol. Like you kind of just mentioned that, mm-hmm. um, you know what, here's the beauty of doing what we're talking about today. This little exercise, you will intuitively figure that crap out. If you're just tuned into your sites and doing this exercise and dry fire, mm-hmm. you will intuitively do it. I can't explain it, but you're, you're sitting there and you're monitoring your sites and you're trying to keep everything still as you press the trigger and you'll mess up. Like I just did. I'm, I'm, I'm in a compromised position and grip and everything right here. Cause I'm trying to do this in front of the computer screen while I'm talking into a microphone. That one was better. That one was, eh, that was okay. That one was better. You know, I'm slapping through the trigger on the cert pistol and I, in, in just those like five or six strokes I just did. I'm in this weird, awkward, contorted, compressed shooting position with a less than ideal grip, which is not my normal thing. And I'm slapping through the trigger at a high rate of speed. You could probably hear the little clicks, click, click. And I'm just monitoring my sights. And after like three or four, I automatically start getting a little better and a little better. Because intuitively, because my brain goes, my goal is to keep this thing still while I do that. And it just knows how to speak to those hands and make that grip sort itself out. Yeah. Generally speaking. And by doing it quicker and forcing yourself to go faster than that night. And, and there obviously is a play time and place for a, a slow, deliberate trigger press, but by going faster than that slow, deliberate trigger press, you start to expose those deficiencies in the other nine fingers or the other part of your grip. And then you'll start to see it through the laser and it all kind of starts coming together where if you just do the, the, you know, um, I'm 
slow fire or dry firing, um, trying to keep my sights from moving and I go really slow, I think a lot of people can master that pretty quickly. It's when you start adding speed that kind of everything starts falling apart. So people don't do it and they just go back to, okay, okay, let me go back to the slow, deliberate squeeze, which is good for a certain time time and place, but not when you're running a bill drill or you need to fire, you know, quickly uh, with, with quick split time. So this drill will expose you to that and be like, okay, yeah, I can do it really well with the slow, deliberate trigger squeeze. But as soon as I start adding time and I want to get my split times down, then I start squeezing these other fingers and I need to stop doing that because I can see my sights moving through, through dry fire. I think fantastic drill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and so the, 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 what what you see in your sights is the important thing here. Um, for okay, so let me let me kind of try to explain where I'm going with that thought. There was a time where I put a lot more emphasis into trigger manipulation technique than what I do now, and where I am now is. For instance, if okay, so if I'm shooting like a close target, right? Like let's say five yards, wide open target, USPSA target. Let's just use that as an example. Um, I I don't require a lot of sight confirmation on that because it's close. Um, if I see my red dot anywhere, like it doesn't even matter. It doesn't. It, I don't even want it to be holding still. I just see a streak somewhere in that A zone. I'm sending a shot, right? Because that's all it really takes. So a five-yard A zone uh, is fairly close, so it doesn't require a lot of sight refinement. Red flash, streak, whatever thing in A zone or close to A zone, boom, send a shot. Transition over to a, let's say, a 15-yard target. Maybe it's a partial target. Maybe there's a no-shoot plastered over top of it, right? So very opposite end of the spectrum. We go from close fast target okay to something that requires a little more care and caution right 15 yards no shoot over top of my target um, I only have access to maybe two inches or so of, of the a zone and, and then maybe I have the head box right the head a box whatever so not, that's not a lot to work with right and so it's going to require some care I'm not getting to that target and thinking, oh, I need to use a nice, careful trigger press here. Actually, what I'm doing is I'm actually waiting more for for what I need to see. Waiting for, I need to see that dot in an acceptable target area on the target and it needs to be fairly still because if there's a lot of movement in the dot, then I can't have confidence that I'm not going to hit the no-shoot. Right? So, it's a very different sight picture I need to see. So we go from that close five-yard target where dot can be all over the place and it can still be within or close to the A zone. It's streaking all over the place. Wham, wham, hit two shots there, transition over to this 15-yard tight partial, and I need to see a, a clear, distinct dot. But as soon as I see that, bam. See another one, bam. Okay? I'm not thinking, I'm not putting any thought at all into the trigger. And I couldn't tell you if I'm pressing the trigger fast or slow. And the truth is, I think I'm pressing it. I'm, I'm, I think I'm prepping it, 
but I don't have to think about that. I'm just, but that's the result because I'm waiting, like the finger wants to go, but I'm waiting to see what I need to see. And what I need to see is a nice, distinct, still dot in the acceptable area in the target. And then once I finally achieve that sight picture, send the shot. And, and so it just coincidentally happens to be a more careful trigger press. The thing that we'll often see with lesser experienced shooters uh, is that they will shoot close, easy targets at the same rate of speed. They'll shoot far away, tighter targets or smaller targets uh, because they haven't learned that discipline. And the discipline comes from what you actually see more than anything. And I can tell you when I see someone go from a wide open five yard target to a tight partial at 15 or further, and it's like this, whack, 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 whack. And that's usually what it'll be is there'll be more of a pause in the transition, but then the, the shooting part itself, excuse me, I hit the microphone. The shooting part itself will actually be about the same speed. Whack, 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 whack. And guess what's going to happen? They'll either have a mic, a miss, right? Or they'll have a no shoot. They'll have two no shoots or two, two misses. I mean, like it's all over the place because you're disrespecting what you need to actually have in the gun. And that is a relatively settled gun. So you can confirm that you've got the acceptable sight picture, but there doesn't need to be a lot of thought into what you're doing with the finger, put the time into seeing what you need to see and just let the finger come along for the ride. It's kind of, kind of the way I think of it now. Now, again, I realize this is hard for some lesser experienced shooters to understand and be able to actually execute. But, Again, it comes back to what is the physical secret to becoming both fast and accurate? It's being able to press the trigger at a high rate of speed without disturbing the aiming or the alignment of the gun. You learn that, then everything I just described becomes very easy. In terms of the physical aspect of the shooting, meaning gripping the gun and getting the gun from here to there and then pressing the trigger. Okay. Visually, you may need still to work on some things. Okay. Your ability to aim your gun and, and, and recognize when it is aimed and your ability to locate and identify a target and get, you know, all that, that those are all other things that we can work on. But until we learn this simple thing of pressing the trigger without moving the gun, the rest of that stuff kind of doesn't really matter. So, if you go through any of my current courses, stuff that I teach, all right, and I'll be teaching at the primary and secondary training summit next week, which still has spots available, by the way. Um, be teaching at our own Guardian Conference. Be teaching at the ASP Conference now. Um, yeah, like you're going to hear about this. Like that, this is the base fundamental. Once we get past, like, here's how you grip a gun, okay? This is, like, the kind of the next piece. you got to be able to do this without moving the gun. Because I could go on and teach you other stuff, but it won't matter. Because you will look at a target and think, well, I was aimed. How come I ended up over here? How come I have one in the low Charlie and, and the other shots up in the high, you know, the high Charlie part of the target? I don't know. But what we can tell you is you either were not, well, I can tell you when you have a widespread like that, you were not, your gun was not pointing <laughs> where you thought it was pointing. That's <laughs> what I could tell you. You thought you were aimed, but you weren't. 
Now, it could be because you actually weren't looking at the right thing aiming-wise, or you were moving the gun severely while you pressed the trigger. So let's, um, I know we're getting towards the end and I want to get your, your opinion and give, mm-hmm. um, the listeners your, your insight on, we're talking about split times and fast mm-hmm. trigger fingers. Um, give like, uh, some ideas on split times. What's a fast split time. If I'm just brand new, you know, is, mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, three quarters of a second, a good split time. Like, in, so somebody who's mm-hmm. just maybe wants to know where do I stand today and how can I, where can I start getting better? Mm. So it's, yeah, it, it's easier to define what a fast split is. Anything that's sub 0.2 and by split, right? Measure of time between shots, right? Uh, so anything that's below a 0. 0.20, a 20, is fast. I mean, even a quarter second still pretty fast. Um, but I would define anything sub 20 is fast. I mean, Jerry Michalek, he's really fast, right? That's when he wants to, he can drop some 10s and 11s pretty pretty regularly. Depends on the on the gun a, a little bit like his AR, his AR, he's really, really fast with, right? Very, very consistently. He can be 0.10 on, on an AR and a pistol. Yeah. 0.11, 0.12, uh, 13s, you know, he, so that's really fast, right? But anything sub 20 is fast. I'd say, uh, 0.2 to 0.35 is pretty fast and slower than a 0.35 is what I would actually consider slow <laughs> at that point um for practical shooting you don't really need anything faster than a point two. you can compete at a pretty high level shooting everything in uspsa idpa uh at, at a point two oh okay in defensive context a point two oh is fast faster than you probably ought to be mm-hmm uh, you probably want to be more like a third of a second, 0.3 to 0.35 in that ballpark, fastest split times in a defensive shooting with a few exceptions. Okay. Uh, proximity of a threat, I think, is relevant. And I think when you've got somebody on, you know, on top of you, by on top of you, I mean like within feet of you, uh, I, I think that there's a place and a time for things that are faster than a third of a second split because it's, it's, it's really critical at that close of a distance with a threat that you stop them fast and, or create space. Right. Um, but otherwise most of your practical defensive shooting doesn't need to be faster than about a 0.3. And that's to allow for decision-making, uh, with a trigger. Now, there are some that would advocate to never practice faster than what you actually need. But I disagree with that because for me, running point three, even running point two fives is feels slow to me. And I believe that I can make decisions faster than your average shooter as it relates to, do I keep shooting or not? Because 
the the brain has just like the the brain and the trigger finger and everything is just at a level where it doesn't you know I'm very quick at being able to decide when I need another shot or not okay um and I've talked with Matt Little about this and you know we touched on a little bit I think even on the podcast uh, episodes we've done with him uh, about how when shooting becomes very critical, meaning that like I must succeed at stopping this threat, uh, there, if you are a, di- a disciplined shooter, there is an intuitive um, pattern of shooting shooting at an appropriate pace based on that that threat. Okay, uh, you know, I asked Matt about this, who's you know been involved in shootings and is a also a, a skilled high you know high level competitive shooter as well. And, you know, there are some people who would say, hey, practicing to shoot build drills sub two seconds where you got to average a 0.17, 0.18 split is not good because that's what you're going to do in a deadly force encounter. And Matt's like, no, that's not quite right. Okay. Because you have a physical, an actual physical threat and you know, like, where is the effective areas that I can hit that threat? It's a relatively small area in the high center chest or in the face those are not easy shots to make. If you are a skilled, disciplined shooter, you will look at that shooting problem and go, I need to hit him here, 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 here. And you will shoot. You will not, you're not going to treat that like a wide open USPSA target where the penalty of a miss is loss of a few points. You will intuitively take that a lot more seriously because of how critical it is that you solve the problem. Um, at least that's my belief. That's where I'm at at this point. And, and I know some skilled guys that have been on both sides, the competitive and the defensive side that would agree with that as well. But yeah, I would completely agree with you. Yeah. So anyway, um, that's, you asked about splits. Now I do want to touch a little bit on use of the laser software with this drill. So, and you watch the video and I kind of explained it all there, but I just want to touch on that one, one important thing we want to be looking at is uh, your reaction time to the beep. So in the case of this, we're aimed at the target. We set the software to go, right? And it says go, or gives you the beep, right? Beep. And your, your goal is to press that trigger as fast as you can react to that beep. Okay. Uh, the reason why that's critical is because if you, if you take your dear sweet time with it, you're not going to learn as much from it as what you otherwise would. Okay. The other thing, and Diane, she has a question about this. I have a problem with anticipation, she says, and very often close my eyes before I press the trigger. Now I'd actually say that's a, mm, I mean, there's relationship there for sure, but I would solve these two things a little bit differently. Anticipation, meaning by that, I mean, I I assume the result of your anticipation, Diane, is that shots don't go where you want them to go. All right. Now, the closing of the eyes, that's, well, again, there's relation there, but I would, the first thing I would do is train you to keep your eyes open while you press the trigger, while you fire shots. Um, And that's honestly relatively easy to do in most cases. There's some people that, fight it a little bit more than others. And I mean, it's, it really comes down to just a lot of it's sheer willpower. 
right? Just, just understanding, oh, I have a tendency of closing my eyes when I press the trigger. So you tell yourself, I'm going to press the trigger and I'm not going to close my eyes. Like that's, that's kind of like step one. That's the most basic thing you can do. Step two would be have someone else press the trigger for you. And this is something I've done with people before because then they don't know when it's coming. So they can grip the gun. I'll stick my finger in the trigger guard. And then when I decide to hit the trigger and that'll, they, they, they don't usually have the opportunity to blink. And now, and what it does is it removes, so you'll blink your eyes because you know it's coming. You know when you're pressing the trigger and you're like, ah, and you close your eyes. If I remove your ability to know when the shot's coming, uh, that's another way we can start kind of overcoming that. Um, the big one, honestly, Diane, is just like spend some time deliberately thinking, I'm going to keep my eyes open. I'm going to press a sh- press the trigger and do it again and again and again and again and again until you get to where you stop doing that. Okay. If you put conscious effort into doing it, I believe you'll be able to stop uh, closing your eyes when you fire shots. Now, the anticipation. The thing with the LaserX software I was just talking about, this will help. This this is one method that can help with that. Okay. So when when we are simply reacting to the beep of a shot timer, and we don't get we don't get to choose exactly when that beep comes. Uh, what we're doing is we're prepping our brain to simply react to, to, to a stimulus. And the, re- and the reaction is this, hitting the trigger. Um, when it's not us making the decision when to fire the gun, but instead a shot timer, and we're only reacting to it, that can help us begin to override that tendency to anticipate and by that usually increasing pressure on the gun and clenching as we're hitting the trigger. So use, so do this in dry fire, Diane, and do this a bunch and this will help you where you set up the laser X software, or if you don't have that, just a shot timer will do. And if you don't have that, by the way, you can get a free app on your phone and and there's free shot timer apps that you, that are totally appropriate for dry fire practice, but you could also just have someone, a family member, give you a random command of when to start. They can just say, go. and But but they're choosing when to do that. And you're simply, your only mission is to react to that go signal, whatever it is, okay? And when you change it from a decision to a reaction, that will remove the ability to anticipate it, right? Because there's no time. That's what anticipation by definition is, is that we know something's coming ahead of time, so we do X, right? So when we remove that time to anticipate, then we can't anticipate. It's only, it's pure reaction. And we do that a bunch of times. And then we, we start getting used to what it feels like to actually shoot the gun without clenching and moving it and stuff beforehand, before the trigger is actually pressed. There's a few other things. I actually cover some other ways of working on this in the uh, shooting fundamentals uh, course that's available on our website concealedcarry.com in the Guardian University uh, area. And I, I believe that's free. So you can go watch those shooting fundamentals videos and uh, watch the section where I talk about how to fix common shooting problems. Okay. Another one is to actually turn the gun sideways in a safe direction and do this in live fire and actually watch yourself press the trigger. 
And, and part of that's just removing yourself from trying to aim the gun. You're just, you're just purely working on holding, gripping the gun and pressing the trigger. Another thing is to actually just shoot and not care at all about what you're aiming at. And you're just pointing into a berm and pressing the trigger. And your whole focus is on not moving. And and in that case, you can be focused on the sights if you want to be, or you can even close your eyes. You can actually do this exercise as long as you're being safe. You can do this in live fire. You can close your eyes. You you know, you're, you're up close to a, to a, a shooting berm. Let's just say if it's an outdoor range, uh, if it's an indoor range, you might want to be a little more careful with this, but you can close your eyes as long as you know you're, you can open your eyes, make sure you're pointing in a safe direction into the berm, close your eyes, and then just start pre- and just start firing shots. Okay. And, and until you're comfortable, you're not going to like go off crazy in some crazy direction and shoot the ceiling or shoot over the berm, like fire off just two or three shots and just get used to the sensation of, I'm just holding everything steady while I press the trigger. Fire, fire, fire. Okay. There, there's a couple different ways I think that you can work on anticipation issues. So that, that's a couple of them. Um, so yeah, it, it really, some of it's, uh, and, and for some people, by the way, Diane, it is, it, it's good that you recognize that you have the problem. A lot of shooters don't. Mm-hmm. And so for some shooters, once they, they don't know they have a, tendency to dip the muzzle because they're clenching things as they're firing a shot. They're not aware that they're doing that, but as soon as they're made aware of it, and that could be from an instructor, or it could be that they're filming themselves and then they're watching the video in slow motion. And then they can actually see that. And they're like, Oh, and for some people, because they are a little bit more in tune with, you know, they're a little bit more body aware. They can actually self-correct some of those issues because they're like, oh, I didn't know I was doing that, but now I do. So now I know what to watch for and they just make the correction. So it, it, it somewhat depends on the person, depends on the shooter. Um, but hopefully, you know, I give you some ideas of things that you can do. But part of this, the very drill we are talking about today, Diane, the shooter rate challenge thing, this will help with overcoming anticipation. Mm-hmm. It will. Yeah. And last thing I'll just add in there is like, it's also good to have, um, I, I think you pretty much know Diane or, you know, other people as well. When you, what it feels like to shoot and anticipate, shoot the gun and anticipate, you know how that feels, but you might not have a lot of um, ingraining of how it feels to not anticipate and shoot. And that's a big thing too, to, to know how it feels and know what your sights look like and know how it feels to squeeze the trigger and have the round impact exactly where you, where, where you see the sights. Right. And like when you start doing those and adding those, I think that uh, is a, is a benefit to, you know, I don't want to say muscle memory, but the way we start to learn what is right and what, what we should be doing and what we should not be doing. Cause sometimes we focus on all the things that we're doing wrong, but we don't focus on what we're doing right in, in how that feels as well. Mm-hmm. Or looks like if yeah. you're looking at your sites. Yep. I started talking about the reaction time uh, using the laser X software. Mm. Uh, that's one of the huge benefits of laser X or laser original software for this type of drill because you can actually then see what your reaction time is. Uh, ideally, you, you want to be sub 0.3 and for sh- like for sure, point s- below 0.3 reaction time to the beep. Uh, better, lower is better. 
Okay. Uh, I have occasionally broken the 0.20. I don't think I did it in the shooter rate challenge this time. Um, but you know, you, you want to be like, I, I'm usually low twenties and that's about where I want to be. I'm always working on trying to push that down. Um, the, the, the that, that, that helps you both in terms of just increasing your reaction time period, which is a skill in and of, a, of itself. Um, but it also tells you that you are pushing yourself to a place where you are really working that trigger fast. And that just means that you're getting the full benefit of this, of this drill. Okay. If you're, if you're getting shot times on the, on the laser X software of 0.4, 0.5, well, you could be pressing the trigger like this fairly slow and smooth. That's, and maybe that's where you are, but you shouldn't be staying there for very long because if that's where you are, I expect after a session of doing this practice that you're, you're cutting your time in half as far as how quickly you're actually pressing that trigger and still managing to keep things relatively still in your sight picture. So um, that's just something else to look for in terms of the actual shot time data that you get in the software. So again, to kind of bring us to a close, again, today's topic, the physical secret to becoming both fast and accurate, it is this, learning to press the trigger without moving the gun. Keep working at it. This has been a hugely beneficial dry fire exercise for me. Uh, When Rob Latham first talked about it to me, I was like, oh, wow, like... uh, uh, it has made a big difference uh, for me, Diane. I used to have huge issues with what I would have described at the time as anticipation. Um, it may or may not have been. I, I don't think it actually was as much anticipation now as it was probably some other issues with my grip. But uh, th- th- doing this very thing we've talked about today, this dry fire exercise has pretty much eliminated for me those tendencies and any sort of resemblance of anticipation for me. So now live fire is important, right? If we only do the dry fire, um, it's certainly plausible that you could get to where you do very well at this in dry fire, but then in a live fire, you struggle a little bit, um, meaning you maybe you resort to some old habits, but uh, do a bunch of dry fire, make sure you have a, a mix of live fire in there too, uh, just to, to essentially test at the range what you're doing in dry fire and to keep yourself honest. Um, finally, we didn't touch on it in this podcast, but in the uh, Shooter Ready Challenge video, I do touch on this, that you want your support hand grip to be tight. That that should Your support hand part of the grip needs to be, I mean, the way I describe it for most people is grip with your support hand, grip, 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 tighter and tighter until you start inducing more shake into your gun. And you start seeing the sight shake because you're gripping so tight, you're trem- trembling. Back that off until you stop shaking. And that's about the level of strength you want to be exercising or putting into the gun with your support hand. Your shooting hand just needs to be relatively firm, but not overly, scripping, overly gripping. 
Um, and that's to keep the trigger finger more pliable and able to move. When you start gripping really hard with your primary shooting hand, then the trigger finger also becomes tense and it will affect your ability to press it correctly. Meaning it'll be slower and you'll have issues like trigger freeze crop up. So that's all I got to say about the sub- subject. Final words from you, Matthew. No, uh, awesome drill. Um, I'm sure you guys are going to get a lot of benefit out of this, whether no matter what stage of, uh, you know, skill development you are. Um, I know I have, and I think, like I said at the beginning, I think this is a little different drill than what, you know, the last couple of them, uh, have been. And so, um, definitely do these and, uh, and, you know, uh, don't forget to enter into the drawing as well, because then you win both ways. You get better and you might be able to win some gear. So, yeah. Yep. Speaking of drawing, we do. So I, I think you're referring to the, uh, um, if you're on the newsletter for shooter, a challenge, yes. you're automatically each month eligible to be drawn for, for, for prizes. Um, also we do our weekly podcast giveaway. So we're at that point. We need to announce this week's winner of our podcast giveaway. What are we giving away today, Matthew? You know, my brain is kind of struggling to remember what I had put um, as the giveaway, but um, I did pull up a winner and we're giving away a vehicle. No, we are giving away a barrel block. Next week is a vehicle firearm tactics. Gotcha. Yeah. So barrel block, which is, by the way, if now, if you're using the laser software, with a laser cartridge, such as the one we sell at uh, Ready Up Gear, um, the you know that, that's one thing, right? But if you're just doing pure dry fire practice, I always recommend, meaning that you're not using a laser cartridge or anything like that, I always recommend that you have a barrel block. So one of you lucky son of a guns is getting a free barrel block today. Not not a huge, you know, expensive uh, prize, but I think one that's very practical and useful and safe it increases your safety factor in in dry fire substantially because it completely you know you drop it in through the chamber end of your gun it comes out the muzzle end you can trim it to where it's just past uh, the end of the muzzle of your gun and it should still work in your holsters and everything but uh yeah, the, the chamber is blocked. You got a red t- or an orange tip coming out of the gun. Well, if it's a different caliber, I guess it's a different color. But because uh, like there's yellow, which I think is 40 caliber. Um, I'm trying to think what everything is. There's a 380, which I think is blue. There's a 45 as, as well, of course. So a barrel blocks available in uh, 380, 9 millimeter, 40, uh, and 45, and then 223. Okay. Anyway, I highly recommend you use one. Who's our lucky winner of a barrel block today? This lucky winner is Paul, and your last name starts with the letter N, Paul. Oh. Paul N. We have a yeah. Paul B watching the podcast mm, today. That's so. right. Sorry, Paul B. It's <laughs> Paul N that won. So congrats, Paul N, on winning a barrel block and you'll be notified uh, by Matthew, and, and you'll be able to get your prize, claim your prize. So you mentioned next week we're giving away a copy of Vehicle Firearm Tactics Training Course. Uh, it's available, you know, it's on our site, and you can stream it. Um, so guys, make sure you sign up, and that's a value of like forty bucks, fifty bucks. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. It was an expensive course for us to put together. I mean, we shot up a whole car. 
<laughs> uh, as part of filming that course. So anyway, um, check out the vehicle firearm tactics course and sign up for our weekly giveaway at concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize for a free chance of winning a copy of vehicle firearm tactics. Well, guys, we need to let you go. We've gone over an hour, but, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of this and thank you for your questions. Uh, Diane and a few others have commented here today as we've done this live. So until next time, we remind you to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. Mm-hmm.